We're taking you from sideline to sideline and everything in between. It's your one-stop shop for all things football. Join me, Aaron Mukes, every Wednesday and Friday for fresh takes, breaking news, fantasy gold, and more. College and NFL, we got you covered. This is Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. Ball is spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is... Here comes the rush, and here's the hit. Second down attempt. Oh, what a hit. You can't do that. The quarterback, you can't fight. The 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms. Here, tested. Somebody stop that man. Ladies and gentlemen, now your host, Mr. Aaron Mukes, and his co-host, Akeem. This is your one-stop shop for all college and NFL football. Here is Sideline to Sideline. Welcome into another episode of Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. I am your host, Aaron Mukes. Number 10, folks. We've reached it. Uh, we're at episode number 10. Football started. We're one game in. Heck of a game last night. It's always fun to have football back. But we're going to talk about this weekend. We're going to talk about week one today. We're going to talk about some of the big things over the, over the course of this past week that happened before the season started. And then we're going to get into one of these uh, new segments. I'm going, to, I'm going to be doing a rant, you know, weekly. And this week I got, you know, came in perfect time. I'm going to be ranting about, about quarterbacks, the pay scale, in particular when Deshaun Watson got his money and how that, how that affects Dak Prescott. And we're, we're going to let you guys know how I feel about that. And if you want to call me a homer, you know, feel free. But this is coming from Strictly Facts. And if you, if you, if you feel the need to, to think that I'm being a homer, right, so be it. But uh, so you guys are going to hear about how I feel about that. But let's, let's get right into it, man. Let's go. Sideline to sideline. Let's rock. All right. So first, man, let's talk about this Leonard Fournette deal. Uh, he was released by the Jaguars. You know, could be a salary cap. Um, cut, but I really don't think it's about the salary cap. He was due to make about four million dollars this year. Uh, he was coming off of his best season, which was which was interesting to me, especially because he was already going to be a free agent next year. He ran for eleven hundred yards, averaged four point three yards a carry, and for whatever reason, the Jaguars have just completely dismantled that AFC Championship team they had a few years ago. And what's crazy to me is I don't think they needed to do that. I think it was strictly a lack of a quarterback. And they probably should have still won that AFC championship game and been in the Super Bowl. Uh, but they, they messed up. They messed up when they paid Blake Bortles. And the ripple effect as a result of that and all the stuff that was going on with Tom Coughlin in the front office. Then you had Jalen Ramsey speaking out. Yannick Ngakwe was just traded. It was just time. And it looks like they've just blown the, the whole thing up and are looking to completely rebuild uh, with mustache mania, Garner Minshew at the helm, which I, I like. I, I like him a lot. I think – I think there's something there. I'm not sure if he's a franchise quarterback yet or not, but I think there's something there. They got some young talent, and now we'll see what the, that backfield can do in James Robinson. Um, uh, Chris Thompson's there. So we'll see. What, we'll see. They're, I'm sure they're going to mix in a couple other guys. I, I, we'll, we'll see how they, how they perform early in the season and see if they made the right move in letting Fournette go. But more importantly, he signs with Tampa – who has had a busy offseason, obviously, with the signing of Tom Brady and what, and what he's going to bring to their team, that veteran leadership, and obviously a proven winner. And, you know, Bruce Arians is, is just showing that he's extremely thirsty for a championship, and he's willing to do whatever it takes. So I, I kind of lean on the side where I don't think Fournette is going to be as impactful as people think. I think they're going to use a bunch of different guys. I think early in the season that Ronald Jones will get his shot to hang on to that starting job. And if it performs, then maybe Fournette's just relegated to a goal line or, you know, backup type role. And then with Shady mixed in there for third down, pass catching, blocking, veteran leadership, stuff like that. But um, I do think Ronald Jones will get an opportunity week one to earn a job and continue week two. And I think it's kind of a week to week thing. Uh, We also saw Washington cut Adrian Peterson uh, not surprised there, to be honest. Washington's in the in rebuilding stage. I was wondering when it was going to come. The Washington football team has a lot of young pieces, um, especially in the backfield. There's been a lot of hype around Antonio Gibson. 
which by the way, I own on just about every single one of my fantasy teams. Uh, mainly early, I got him at good value. And then now you're going to see his ADP start to start to rise up there. But, you know, you'll hear more about that in our fantasy episodes. But they also got Bryce Love, who's coming off the injury where he missed, he sat out his first year. And then you guys got veterans, Peyton Barber. And uh, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I think Antonio Gibson, by, by the season's end, is going to be the guy. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to do the every down roll. They might look to Peyton Barber, who has some experience doing that. Um, just for that veteran presence. But I think Antonio Gibson is by far probably the most talented in that backfield. So I expect him to get the most, the bulk of the, uh, the touches. And then, you know, AP actually signed with Detroit. And again, I'm not really sure about this signing. Well, you have uh, a running back like on Johnson, who's battled injuries, but he's still young. And then you bring in DeAndre Swift, who assumingly is your back of the future. And then you bring in Adrian Peterson, who is a type of back that requires volume. Like Adrian Peterson is not going to come out there, get eight to 10 touches and be productive. It's not the style of back he is. He's a bruising back who wants 20 touches a game. And I think with, with trying to incorporate DeAndre Swift into that offense and carry on Johnson still, you know, seeing if he has anything um, to offer, I, I think bringing Adrian Peterson is more about like nostalgia and having a guy there to, to be a voice in the locker room. And I just hope it works out. I, ho- I hope Adrian Peterson, number one, I hope he's not taking away carries from DeAndre Swift. Cause I think that would be a mistake. And then number two, uh, hopefully he can come in and know, you know, find a place or find a role to where he's okay. Not being the guy, but I don't know that Adrian Peterson wants that. So I wasn't really too sure about that. I thought he should have went to a team where he could get the carries. Like honestly might not be able to win, but Jacksonville, I mean, they're not going to win in Detroit anyways. Right. We know that. Detroit hasn't won in forever. So I doubt they're going to win. So you might as well go to a place like Jacksonville where you can be the guy. Uh, if, I mean, if they were willing to pay that. But I don't know how many options he had or what his, what his circumstances were as far as, you know, selecting a team. But I did hear that, you know, three or four teams had reached out to him. Uh, just surprised he went with Detroit. And then the last signing over the week is Jadavian Clowney signed with Tennessee which was interesting, again, because it was touch and go for a while. We talked about Seattle. Uh, I guess New Orleans tried to pull off an NBA-style sign-and-trade, which the league said, no, no, we're not going to have that. And he ends up back under Mike Vrabel, who, was, who coached him in Houston. And I think it's a good fit. I think, you know, Tennessee's that – they don't have a lot of big names on their defense or their offense, for that matter, outside of Derrick Henry but and A.J. Brown. But I think there are these blue-collar, come-to-work, do-your-job type type guys like New England had. And, you know, Vrabel's kind of like mirroring the New England style. And I think Clowney gives them a little bit of clout, a little bit of flavor. Um, Not as productive as you'd expect from a a top overall pick. Um, He only had, I think, three sacks last year. But he led the team in pressures. He puts pressure on the quarterback. He just always hasn't – it always hasn't translated into, into numbers and sacks. Uh, but I expect him to do well in that defense. Uh, they, they have a solid defense, and I expect them to compete for that division. Uh, probably win the division, but I kind of like the Colts this year, and we will make those selections later on the show. I'll tell you more about that. So Clowney goes to the Tennessee Titans, and, yeah, should make their defense a, a, a solid defense already a little bit better. So I like that deal. <clears throat> All right. Listen, man, we saw this, – this is going to take me a minute. Deshaun Watson signs a four-year deal, $160 million. Um, Look, I, I can't – I don't want this to come across the wrong way. <clears throat> Excuse me. I got to get this out. This is, this is big. I don't want this to come across the wrong way because I said something – in response to a post that was put out by Colin Cowherd's show about the difference between Dak and Deshaun Watson, basically saying why Deshaun Watson deserves to get paid what he did and Dak doesn't. And I got a bunch of flack on, on Instagram or IG from, from fans, Cowboy fans, NFL fans, whatever it is. I got, I got some, I got some feedback saying that I'm crazy and I just, I need to let this out because I don't feel like my voice could be heard 
through the text and I was trying to be as civilized and polite as possible, but it's something I need to address. <clears throat> so Sean Watson, four year deal, 160 million. Good for him. Hell of a player. Talented as I don't know what he's proven to be a winner at college. He won national titles at high school college. There's no doubt in my mind that he's a Super Bowl, capable of winning a Super Bowl in the NFL. Franchise quarterback. That's not the debate, okay? My issue is when we, when we start to tell people what they deserve financially based on, quote, unquote, the eyeball test. It, it's, it's, this, it's this thing that's so made up, this, oh, well, he looks like he could do this or – he has the potential to do that. That's, that's great. But if you're going to pay one guy that way, why is it not consistent? And then we talk about eyeball tests. Well, the eyeball test is also the same thing that got Jamarcus Russell drafted number one. Ryan Leaf drafted high. Like these guys who were paid as rookies, Sam Bradford, they all passed the quote unquote eyeball test. And what did they turn out to be? So don't, I don't want to hear about no eyeball test. What have you done and what warrants you getting a contract? That's, that's the question. It's not about, oh, I, I think they could do this if, they were this if they were in this offense or if, they, if Aaron Rodgers played with Bill Belichick as a head coach, he would have six Super Bowls. That, he doesn't. He doesn't have Bill Belichick and he doesn't play in that offense. He plays on Green Bay and he has one Super Bowl. Does he deserve to get paid? Under the circumstances that he is in, does he deserve to get paid? That's how you determine somebody's worth. It's not, hey, this guy would be better somewhere else. Okay, if he'd be better somewhere else, go somewhere else. So I want to compare Deshaun Watson to Dak Prescott. And I'm not speaking from a talent perspective. Let me make this very, very clear. Pure talent, I believe Deshaun Watson is more talented than Dak Prescott better arm talent, more mobile, higher draft pick, played at a bigger time college. He's one in college. Like there's no denying that. Okay. But this ain't college. And we need to compare what they've done in the NFL. What have they done? So I was just pulling some numbers because people were saying, well, Deshaun Watson's better than Dak. And it's easy to say that through their first 37 games, both of them are 24 and 13. Okay. Sean Watson has a 101 quarterback rating. Dak Prescott had a 99 quarterback rating. Deshaun Watson has 10 game winning drives. Dak Prescott had 14. They both had eight comebacks. Deshaun Watson, which is the biggest discrepancy right here. And I will give you this. Deshaun Watson has been a sacked 125 times in those games. Dak Prescott only sacked 73 times. Now there's no, there's no debate there. Dallas has had a better offensive line. We can all agree that helps. But those are the circumstances that each of them are in. They both have a one and two playoff record. Dak Prescott has thrown five touchdowns, two interceptions in the playoffs. Deshaun Watson has thrown four touchdowns, one interception in the playoffs. They both have 12 rushing touchdowns. And games that are decided by seven points or less, Dak Prescott was 17 and six. Deshaun Watson was 15 and 10. So very some. I mean, when you look at their resumes from their first 37 games. Now, obviously, Dak is older, which plays a role, but they're quarterbacks. I mean, Tom Brady's 42. Drew Brees is 40. Phillip Rivers is old as dirt. Big Ben's old. They're still starting quarterbacks in this league. It's not the same. I don't want to hear about age 27 versus age 25 at the quarterback position. The point is their resumes are very, very similar. Deshaun Watson has put up good numbers in an offense that hasn't had much of a running game. So he throws the ball a lot. He's going to put up numbers. Dak Prescott was in an offense early in his career that was run heavy. The numbers were not very good as far as the amount of yardage, the amount of touchdowns. For instance, Deshaun Watson had 71 touchdowns to Dak Prescott's 49. But Dak Prescott was in a run heavy offense. You see, last year, they went away from the run, mainly towards the end of the season. And Dak Prescott threw for almost 5,000 yards. He had, you know, 30-plus touchdowns. The production was there. The results were not. Now, 
that's where that's where it comes down the results do you deserve to get paid because of results well if you tell me yes and deshaun watson's one and two in the playoffs and dak prescott's one and two in the playoffs and they both won their division twice that's very similar results dak prescott has also beaten russell wilson a russell wilson seahawks team which was considered a super bowl contender and went toe-to-toe, came back against Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, and actually had that game won in the playoffs after throwing for 300-plus yards until Jared Cook catches a a ball on fourth and 20 or whatever on the sideline because of the bad man Aaron Rodgers. Nobody wants to talk about those. They want to talk about last year. So let's talk about last year. Last year, Deshaun Watson wins the division, goes to the playoffs, and has a phenomenal playoff game against Buffalo. His first playoff win, right? Because the year before, got blown out by the Colts. Like, it wasn't even close. They didn't even show up, okay? But nobody wants to talk about that game. We want to talk about last year's Buffalo game against a really good defense where he made some plays that just wowed you. And good for him. He's that type of playmaker. He deserves to get paid as a franchise quarterback. But now you're looking at Dak Prescott. You don't deserve to get paid? And you're looking across the side, the other side to Deshaun Watson, and you're looking at his resume. And now everybody wants to take into consideration what he did in college, what he could do. And that's how you're determining I shouldn't get paid, that I don't meet up to his level, even though I've accomplished everything he's accomplished already in the NFL, the same things. That's where I draw the line. It makes no sense. I don't want to hear it. We have a precedence that's been set in the NFL. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Matt Stafford, Uh, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, what have they accomplished? Garoppolo went to the Super Bowl last year. We'll talk about that in a minute. And Jared Goff's been to a Super Bowl. We'll talk about that as well. But what have they accomplished? Matt Ryan went to the Super Bowl. We all know how that ended. Carson Wentz hasn't even won a playoff game. Kirk Cousins, he's been regular. They all got paid top quarterback money at the time because they were the next guy up. Did they pass the eyeball test? Because I've watched Matt Ryan. I've watched Matt Stafford. You can't look at them, outside of having a strong arms, you can't look at them and tell me they passed this eyeball test and Dak Prescott does it. I've watched them play well. I've watched them play bad. I've watched Dak play well. I've watched Dak play bad. Brady, Manning, Breeze. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, These guys have won titles and get paid, and it's warranted. Nobody questions it. Nobody ever says anything about it. Matt Ryan gets paid. Nobody says anything about it. Matt Stafford got paid. He's never won a playoff game. Not a lot of talk about it. But now, Deshaun Watson gets paid, and Dak Prescott saying, that's why I've been asking for $40 It's because that's the number. That's where the next person's going to be at. And – Everybody wants to talk, oh, my God, he doesn't deserve it. Which one of those guys, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, who deserved it? What did they do to deserve it? So, listen, I hear the talk about, well, the Cowboys are loaded and they didn't beat a winning team last year. Everybody always says the same thing. Cowboys have so much talent. I'm a Cowboy fan. Let me tell you something. Our talent is not that great. If it was, we would have won by now. You know, it's easy. We, we have this national attention on us as the Dallas Cowboys. And people automatically, they see our first round draft. Oh, they got a lot of talent. The Dallas Cowboys have had a good offensive line, a good running back, a great running back, honestly. And before Amari Cooper got there, why, an older Des Bryant who seemingly fell off because he still can't find a job. We had no other receiving help. An old Jason Witten right? An older Jason Witten when Dak Prescott came in there. Michael Gallup, everybody wants to talk about the eyeball test. Who was talking about Michael Gallup? Nobody until he comes out last year and has a thousand yards. Now, is that Michael Gallup or did Dak Prescott help in that? Blake Jarwin, is Blake Jarwin just all of a sudden now a good tight end or does Dak have anything to do with that? So what really irritates me is these people talk about, well, what about the year he had a top or last year he had a top 10 defense and a, a t- number one offense. Yeah, he did. We beat up on bad teams last year. I mean, we were blowing out the Rams. We were blowing out the Redskins. We were blowing out the Giants. And then when we played good teams, 
we couldn't stop anybody. So our numbers were skewed. Our defense was putting up great statistical numbers against these bad teams. But when we played good teams, we couldn't stop anybody. And we couldn't move the ball. But it's, it's not just Dak Prescott. What makes Dak successful in our offense is we run the ball first. We are a running team. I don't, you don't have to be Aaron Rodgers. You don't have to throw for 5,000 yards to be a quarterback that's warranted to get paid. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo. He got paid. He doesn't throw the ball over the place. So this is the point I want to bring up. Number one, who were the four teams left in the playoffs last year? AFC and NFC Championship game. Think about it. The San Francisco 49ers, the Green Bay Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Tennessee Titans. What did they all have in common? Last year's teams, what did they all have in common? Defense and running game. And what's funny is people are going to point out the Chiefs. Oh, my God, they're this high-flying offense, and they have all these weapons. Sure enough, that's true. Last half of, or the, the last half of last year, their defense was number one in the league in points allowed. They gave up 11 points per game down the stretch last year. What happened in the Super Bowl? This high-flying Patrick Mahomes, the great quarterback that he is, and we all know he's great, and I'm, I'm telling you, I – I agree. He's great. He could get nothing going against that San Francisco 49er team until he did. But what, what it put him in that position, his defense, they started to make stops. Even the games where he came back, the Tennessee Titans, the Houston Texans, they got down 24, nothing defense didn't play well. Mahomes and them were three and out because they were throwing the ball and it was three and out, three and out, three and out. Their defense started making stops. They started to get the running game going and then Patrick Mahomes was effective. Aaron Rodgers wasn't the same Aaron Rodgers last year. Aaron Jones and their defense, 49ers, Raheem Mostert, their running game, and that defense. Jimmy Garoppolo got paid. Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill just got a paycheck. Ryan Tannehill was a bum. He was a bum before he goes to Tennessee with a good defense and a running game. And now he's warranted to be paid because he did what their team needed him to do. That's Dak Prescott. Everybody wants to say, well, he's not going to throw as many yards as Deshaun Watson or as many touchdowns. So what? His job is to work within the system of his team. And if Jason Garrett would have ran the ball like they did his rookie year when they went 13-3, and three, if they would have stayed with that model of football last year, the year they beat Seattle where, and then they lose to, to the Rams – that model of football, that's winning football. Dak Prescott's shown he can win in that system. So don't try to make a player something he's not. Tom Brady is Tom Brady because of the system that he was in. Who knows what Tom Brady would have been if he would have went somewhere else. You can't say, well, Deshaun Watson would have won a Super Bowl if he was in Dallas. You don't know that. You don't know that. All you know is that he's, he fits the system that he's in. He fits in Houston. So I'm tired of hearing all this. Don't pay Dak Prescott. If the Cowboys don't pay Dak Prescott, they're going to continue to lose. And who else are you going to get? That's got to be the question. If not Dak, then who? Because if you're Dak, I'm not taking less. Nope, I, I'm not. I'm not taking less. Why would I take less? Deshaun Watson done nothing I haven't done. Nothing. Nope, not taking less. Matt Staff, nope. Carson went, nope. Now, if you want to say Russell Wilson, you want to say Aaron Rodgers, you want to say Big Ben, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, those guys have all won Super Bowls. They have a resume attached to them. And in this business, you have to prove yourself. These, in football nowadays, it's not prove yourself, then get paid. So if Deshaun Watson has proven himself, or they, they feel he's proven himself, that he's going to be the franchise guy. You can't beat Dallas and say that Dak has it when he's done the exact same thing, probably in a tougher conference. So I don't know, man. I don't want to hear it. So everybody that's – maybe they run the ball and their defense wouldn't be as bad as, as, it would last, as they were last year. Right? Run the ball, time of possession, they win games. That's a formula. That's what New England's done for years. 
they've just done it without the run. It's been the short passing game, but it's still ball control, play good defense. Quarterbacks can be successful. Not everybody's going to be Patrick Mahomes. And even Patrick Mahomes, guess what? Needed help from his defense in those playoffs last year. So I don't want to hear it anymore. Pay Dak his money. Homer or not, you can call me what you want. What anybody thinks, pay Dak his money. All right, I'm done with that rant for the day. And they got me fired up, man. IG was, IG was on my cap. I couldn't let it slide. Hopefully some of those guys uh, pay attention to the podcast and listen up. So let's get into it, though, man. Week one, we are going to do a week preview, and then I'm going to give you my playoff and Super Bowl picks. And, whoo, man, it's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for this week. So we're going to kick it off right now. Seattle, Atlanta. Seattle is favored by two and a half. It's in Atlanta. I'm also going to – so what we're going to do is we're going to give a little game preview, quick quick little nuggets. I'm going to give you my pick for the game with the spread. And we're going to keep track of this record this year. And uh, if you guys need some advice on, on your local bookies or your trip to Vegas, uh, we'll see how well I do, and you'll know if you can uh, call on me, right? All right, so here we go. we got Seattle, Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. Seattle's favored by two and a half. I look for Seattle to establish a run early. Um, you know, Pete Carroll likes to run the ball and and pretty much just dominate up front. You know, Russell Wilson will make plays on third downs and there's going to be probably two or three shots in the game where Tyler Lockett is wide open down the middle of the field. I don't know how it happens. I mean, you know what kind of player he is, but it always seems to happen where there's nobody within 10 yards of him. And I really look for a breakout from from DK Metcalf this year. I think I think he's going to take that next step. Now, I don't know how much Josh Gordon's going to be incorporated um, in the coming games, but week one, I really look for Seattle to dominate offensively. I think Atlanta's defense is young. I think Atlanta's secondary is suspect. And I'm still a little bit concerned about Todd Gurley's health. If he's healthy, that could help. Obviously, you know what you have in Julio Jones, but I see, I th- I see Seattle coming out of this game on top somewhere along the lines of 27, 21, uh, maybe 27, 24. So I will take Seattle uh, minus two and a half. Uh, Jets, Buffalo. Jets are underdogs. Buffalo's favored mi- uh, minus six and a half. Uh, this game, I don't think will be close. I think this is the lock of the week. And I think Buffalo destroys the Jets. I think the Jets organization is in turmoil. And I do not believe that Sam Darnold is the quarterback of the future. I look for a lot of Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs and that Buffalo defense to make life a living hell for the New York Jets. I'll take Buffalo, minus six and a half. Uh, Chicago, Detroit. Detroit is favored by three. I, I did this – was, this one was tough, and mainly because I think Chicago's defense gets back to where it was a couple of years ago, but obviously the quarterback position is a question mark. I am not a Mitchell Trubisky guy, and I'm damn sure not a Nick Foles guy, so it didn't matter which one they started. I am not a believer. No David Montgomery, and Matthew Stafford is now back and healthy for the Detroit Lions. I am going to go Detroit and minus th- or minus three, so I'll take Detroit. Uh, Green Bay and Minnesota. Minnesota's favored by two and a half. Um, obviously, Minnesota lo- losing Stephon Diggs I think is big. I am really high on, on Justin Jefferson as a rookie coming in, but I don't even believe he's starting. I think early in the season you'll see B.C. Johnson in there. Um, it'll be – honestly this game comes down to to two players Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones I think it'll be a battle of the running backs I think Diggs absence will will make an impact on Minnesota's offense and ability to make plays Um, I think they'll both have good days in Cook and Jones but I think Jones comes on top I think the difference is probably Aaron Rodgers and obviously Devontae Adams will eat Minnesota alive with their secondary so um yeah I'm gonna go Green Bay I'm gonna go Green Bay plus two and a half I think Green Bay wins that game outright, to be honest. All right, Miami, New England. New England is favored by six and a half. Um, I think New England wins this game. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure New England's going to win this game, but I do believe it's going to be closer than people think. I think the playbook is going to be limited uh, this early since the signing of Cam. I don't think they've gonna, they're going to have a had, had a chance to install all of their offense I think he's going to make plays with his legs. I think they're going to improvise. And I think that's how they get it done. I'm interested to see how the wide receivers for New England step up. Obviously, 
Julian Edelman is Julian Edelman, but I'm I'm really interested in seeing Nikhil Harry. I think he could have a breakout year this year, but I don't know about it so early in the season. I'm a I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm glad they started him. I think he's a gamer. This could be one of those games he has, you know, four touchdowns, or it could be the game he throws four picks. Who knows? But I love him. Love the beard. Um, and Brian Flores coaching against his his old team. He just has a way to to lead men, and I really like what he's doing in Miami. And I like where they're headed. They're not there yet. I think they lose, but I actually think it's closer than than a touchdown. Uh, I think New England wins twenty four to twenty. So uh, I'll take Miami in the points uh, in this game. Philadelphia, Washington. Um, this is probably the second easiest game to pick for me. Philadelphia is favored by six. Uh, I'm interested to see how Darius Slay is incorporated into that defense. I think that gives them a legit number one DB, which they've needed for a while now because we've seen what their secondary has looked like at times. Um, they have a lot of injuries at wide receiver, though. Same thing that happened last year. Um, you know, they should overcome it in this game. I'm expecting big things from Miles Sanders in the running game. Um, I worry about their offensive line still. They've been kind of uh, beat up as well. But it just really comes down to it's Dwayne Haskins, and I don't believe – He's ready. Um, I'm looking to see how much progress he's made this offseason. But I don't, I don't like it. Uh, first game of the year against Philly, division game. I will take Philly minus six. They'll probably win by two touchdowns. The Carolina Panthers and Las Vegas Raiders. That's crazy to say, man, Las Vegas Raiders. I wish I could be there for, this, or for, for their home opener a couple of weeks. Uh, Las Vegas is favored by three. I will take the Raiders in this one. Carolina is in rebuild mode. They have Christian McCaffrey. Um, they, got, they got weapons on offense. I don't know about their defense. Uh, I look for a lot of Christian McCaffrey, a lot of DJ Moore. We'll see how Teddy Bridgewater, you know, kind of navigates this new landscape. But I, I like the Raiders, man. I like what they're doing over there. I love Josh Jacobs. I think this is going to be a heavy Josh Jacobs day, and he will battle Christian McCaffrey this week. Um, blow for blow and then they got some young wide receivers that I'm, I'm I'm excited about and Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards and then obviously they got the security blanket in in Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro so um, I look for Las Vegas to to win this game in a close one yeah I'll take I'll take I'll take Vegas I'll take the Raiders minus three Colts in Jacksonville oh man I might have to change my mind on that that Buffalo pick, this might be the easiest game of the week. The Colts are going to absolutely destroy the Jaguars. Destroy them. I, it's it's going to be like they didn't even show up. <laughs> Dominant O-line, good defense. Phillip Rivers is there now. They have stability at quarterback. He can't move, so they need a good O-line, which is a good thing they have. They have three running backs that can make plays. Look for Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack to pound it, and they look for Naeem Hines to – kind of be the pass catching back and you know Rivers likes to use his backs and then Jacksonville's just in rebuild mode I, I don't the only thing I'm excited about this game is I want to see who in the Jaguars backfield actually gets the most touches uh, but other than that I, I they're going to throw the ball 50 times so if you're playing fantasy Garner Minshew might be a good play DJ Chark just because they're going to be so far behind they're going to have to throw but uh, not even close Indy takes this one I'll take Indy uh, minus seven <clears throat> Cleveland Baltimore, I think, is a really, really good game. Um, is Odell is, is Odell Beckham healthy? He says he is. Uh, I'm looking for him to have a bounce back year. They have a ton of talent on that team, man, but they're the Browns. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it boils down to, is they're the they're the Cleveland Browns and they've struggled for many, many years. So until they can prove that they can be consistent and use that talent, I'm just not sure. Um, and then, you know, last year they 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 gave Baltimore some fits. Uh, we'll see how Lamar Jackson is. I know they were talking about a nagging little soft tissue injury early in camp. Uh, is he healthy? Will he be running as much? How will they use that four-headed monster in the backfield of J.K. Dobbins, uh, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards? Um, you know, are, who are they going to give the, the most carries to? Are they going to kind of split it around um, like they did last year? But I'm actually going to take Cleveland in this one. I think Baltimore wins the game, but I'm going to take Cleveland uh, plus seven and a half. I think that's too much. Cleveland is – I know they're on the road, but I just think that's too much in a division game. I think Baltimore may win by a touchdown, but I think that Cleveland covers the seven and a half. 
what's next? What's okay? Oh, uh, we got the Chargers and the Bengals. Now, originally this was going to be my lock of the week. I was going to take the Chargers. They lost Derwin James. I think that hurts a lot. I think you know losing Derwin James. Uh, it's unfortunate, man. He was hurt last year. He's a hell of a talent. And then you go get hurt again this year. And he was he's like one of my favorite safeties. So that's going to hurt them. Obviously, the rookie quarterback in Cincinnati that you all know I'm not high on. I've, I've said it a number of times. I'm not a Joe Burrow believer. Even though the weapons on their offense I do believe in, I believe Joe Burrow is going to struggle. Look for a good game from Austin Eckler. And that pass rush of the Chargers should be all over Burrow in this game. I'll take the Chargers minus the three and a half points. Tampa Bay, New Orleans. New Orleans is favored by three and a half. Obviously, Brady has weapons all over the field. But again, it's a new system. I do think it's going to take some time for them to get acclimated. And they're playing against the defending NFC South champs, the Saints, who, you know, early in the year, they usually find a way to get off to good starts. I think they're still a top team in the NFC. I'm looking for Drew Brees to take advantage of the weakest part of Tampa Bay, which is their secondary. And I look for the the Saints to pull this one out in a high-scoring affair. I believe New Orleans will cover the three-and-a-half points. Arizona and the Niners. um, The Niners are are, are riddled with injuries, especially at the playmaking position. Uh, I'm not sure if Debo Samuel is going to play in this game, but even if he does, I'm sure he's going to be limited with that foot injury. I I'm excited for the DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray combination, uh, but the Niners are going to be able to limit Kenyon Drake. They will stop the run, forcing Kyler to throw the ball. And I think overall, I think the Niners are just too solid, too sound. And um, offensively, I think Shanahan will find a way to, to get guys in space and get his playmakers the ball. I, I'll take, I'll take the Niners to win the game, but I will take Arizona to cover the seven points. I'll say uh, 27-23 Niners. Pittsburgh and the Giants. Oh, no, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Dallas and the Rams, Sunday night game, Dallas Rams. Uh, the last time these two teams played was last year. The Rams could not run the ball, and Dallas ran the ball all over them. That was right before Dallas stopped running the ball for whatever reason. Thanks, Jason Garrett. Glad you're gone. Um, <laughs> but last year, Dallas destroyed the Rams 44-21. I I'm not a Rams believer. I'm not a believer in Jared Goff. I think Sean McVay got way too much credit the year they went to the Super Bowl. I think he had some cool things. They had a lot of good talent. They paid for a lot of good players. And I think that's what got them to where they were at. Obviously McVay helped, but I think he's a little bit overrated as a coach. Boy Wonder hasn't really been talked about over the past year or so because Boy Wonder hasn't looked like Boy Wonder. So I think Dak's in a prove-it year again. and I think Zeke and Tony Pollard both rushed for 100 yards last year. I think the Dallas defense can stop the run, put pressure on Goff, and the Rams haven't shown much of a running game. They lost Gurley. Whether it's Malcolm Brown, rookie Cam Akers, or a beat-up Daryl Henderson, I don't see them getting much on the ground, which is going to force Goff to throw, which allows Alden Smith, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Tyrone Crawford, all those those interior presence, uh, Everson Griffin, like all these – all these pass rushers of Dallas to, to get to the quarterback. And I'm looking for their front seven to be much better this year because their secondary loss by losing Byron Jones is going to hurt. So they're going to rely heavily on their front seven. And if their front seven can't put pressure on the quarterback, then we're going to be looking at the same Dallas Cowboys team that everybody can throw on because we don't have any kind of help in the secondary um, safety position is weak. We just cut ha ha Clinton Dix. Uh, Chidobi's been banged up. Jordan Lewis has been banged up, who was coming on at the end of last year, which is why I think they felt comfortable to get rid of Byron Jones, but he's been banged up. So I don't know how much we're going to get out of him, but uh, Dallas is favored by three. I will take Dallas to win the game and cover. Uh, I'll take Dallas in this one. Monday night, we have Pittsburgh in New York. Pittsburgh is favored by five and a half. You know, a lot of people are on Pittsburgh this year. They got a, a, a nice defense. Our defense is good. Big Ben is back. James Conner's healthy. Juju. You know, I love Tomlin. I don't know what to think about Pittsburgh this year. Their defense should be good. But I'm excited, at least for week one, I'm going to take, take the Giants. I like their youth. I like what 
I like what Joe Judge is doing over there. Um, they got a healthy Saquon. Uh, I'm going to take Daniel Jones in this one and make enough plays to where they cover the spread. Pittsburgh might win the game, but I think Giants cover. Uh, Denver and Tennessee. I think I am going to take Tennessee here. Uh, you know, they, they went to the AFC title game last year. They paid Ryan Tannehill, even though I'm not a Tannehill guy. I really like Denver's weapons. I really want, I'm tempted to take Denver here. Is Tennessee going to have a 2019 hangover? Did they overachieve last year? They got clowny. Denver has a lot of promise, man. I'm telling you, Drew Locke, Melvin Gordon, Phillip Lindsay, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. Their offense is loaded. Uh, good defense. Vic Fangio's doing well over there. I, I don't know, man. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to change my pick. I have on my paper written down here, I have Tennessee, but I think I'm going to take Denver. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to switch that. I'm going to take Denver. Uh, they're, they're underdogs by one. So obviously they'd have to win the game outright, but I think they're, I think they make it happen at home. I'm going to take Denver at home uh, plus one. Final answer. There we go. All right. So that's my week one picks. I'll run them down here again. I have Seattle minus two and a half Buffalo minus six and a half. Detroit minus three, Green Bay minus two and a half, Miami plus six and a half, Philly minus six, Las Vegas minus three, Indy minus seven, Cleveland plus seven and a half, Clippers minus, or Clippers, uh, basketball mode. Look at that shit. <laughs> I had LAC on there. It's the Los Angeles Chargers, not the Clippers. God, dog. Uh, Chargers minus three and a half against Cincinnati, New Orleans minus three and a half against Tampa. Arizona plus seven, Giants plus five and a half, Denver plus one, and then Dallas minus three against the Rams. Those are my week one picks. All right, here we, it's time. We're going to go. I'm going to give you my seven playoff teams for each conference. I'm going to give you my Super Bowl prediction and um, let you guys, you know, have at it, pick it apart. And then we'll get out of here for week one and watch some football. I can't wait. I'm excited. So let's start with the AFC first. And AFC West, let's just be honest, it's not a competition. Kansas City wins the division easy. Uh, AFC North, again, I don't see too much competition. Baltimore should repeat from last year and, and win that division. In the South, I'm going to go with Indy. I like the Phillip Rivers edition. Um, you know, ever since Andrew Luck left, They've been a void at quarterback. You know, Brissett filled in, but just never really had that guy. I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers and the Colts. Strong offensive line, strong defense, good running game. T.Y. Hilton, uh, young weapons in Paris Campbell and Mike, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. I'm going to go with Indy there. And then the East, I'm going to go with Buffalo, as you heard on previous podcasts. I am not a believer in Cam in New England, although I'm starting to hesitate a little bit. I'm not going to lie. You know, but that's training camp talk. I haven't seen any football, but the way he's been working and his little videos and they're kind of motivating me. And I've always been a big fan of cams. I just didn't think it would work with the lack of weapons there, but something is telling me like something's getting me a little bit excited, but I'm not, I'm not budging yet. Uh, I still think Buffalo is the better football team, but I may have to change my eight and eight New England pick. They might be a little bit better than eight and eight, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to change that yet. And then this year we get three wild card teams, which is, you know, it's nice. It's nice. Um, now over the, over the off season, I had, I, I made some changes cause I like some things that some teams are doing. Uh, first wild card team that I don't really, I don't know if there's, there may be a question about it, but I don't particularly question it. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. Um, I think they're good enough or I'm, I'm sorry, not the the Tennessee Titans, not the Houston Texans. Sorry, the Tennessee Titans. I think they're good enough. I think Tannehill won't lose the game for them. Uh, and when you got a running back like Derrick Henry, um, you know, they established a run. They play good defense. I think they'll, they'll get a wild card. And then my, my other two wild cards are, are probably a little bit off the wall, but I'm going with the Denver Broncos. I just think I, I like their young talent. I like Vic Fangio. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think, um, I think, I think they're going to be good. And then I am going to go, 
I don't want to say New England. I don't want to say, you know what? I'm, a, I'm not going to say New England. I am going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though I'm not sure how Big Ben's going to come back from the injury. They have enough talent. I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I have Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens, Indianapolis Colts, Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, Denver Broncos, and Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC. I did have the Raiders in there, but I think they're still a little too young, especially at the receiver position, and they lost Tyrell Williams. I'm going to wait a year. NFC, NFC West, it's tough, man. This division's nice. Uh, I legit see three teams I like here, Seattle, the Niners, and Arizona. Everybody knows I hate the Niners, but I don't want to hear nothing from Niner fans because I'm very honest about your team. I'll take the Niners to win the division. I think Seattle makes it close like they did last year. Uh, but I think the Niners are good enough if they can get their receivers back. I think they're good enough that they'll win that division. Uh, NFC North, I'm going to go with the Packers. I like Minnesota. I'm just not a Cousins guy. I think Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and and the way Matt LaFleur has kind of transformed that team from an Aaron Rodgers aired out team to a ground and pound and play good defense team, I really like that that idea and it makes Aaron Rodgers average season that they called it last year. Like it, look at his numbers. It was a great season by Aaron Rodgers. It just wasn't his typical air it out type of season. So uh, I'm going to go with green Bay there, the South, which is a tough, tough division with Tampa, New Orleans and Atlanta. Uh, I'm still going to go with new Orleans. I think they're too consistent, too good. Defense is good. Drew Brees, Sean Payton. Uh, they're just, they're just a solid football team. And then the NFC East, I know, I'm a homer, whatever. I think Dallas is more talented than Philadelphia. Um, and I think this year, now with, with honesty, you can say they're not going to be outcoached every game. I don't, I mean, literally, the Cowboys have been outcoached for the past 10 years. And McCarthy might not be the best, but he has a Super Bowl on his resume, and he's been a good coach in this league. So I, I can honestly say I think they're not going to be outcoached every game, and I think that's going to make a huge difference in the way they perform, especially in clock management. I will take the Dallas Cowboys to win that division um, over the Philadelphia Eagles. My three wildcard teams are Seattle. I think there's no surprise there. They were in it last year. Should be good again this year. They just always find a way to compete. Uh, great coach, great quarterback. That's enough said. Uh, second wild card team I am going to put in is Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm liking what they're all the additions. They just have a lot of talent. It's almost where they have too much talent. They can't miss the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, when you add Leonard Fournette and it's like an afterthought and you already added Gronk and Brady and got Godwin and Evans. And it's just, it's just a, an embarrassment of riches, but I like Arians. So I'm, I'm rooting for that part of it. I think Tampa Bay gets in. And then the last playoff team is I think the Vikings get in. Yes, I'm leaving Philadelphia out. I don't get this. Everybody, everybody talks about how talented Philadelphia is. I don't see all the talent. I see Carson Wentz is good. I see Miles Sanders. I don't see anybody at wide receiver. Their offensive line is banged up. Lost Jason Peters. Lane Johnson's been injured. Uh, their D-line with Fletcher Cox is nice. Not sure about their linebacker play. Their DBs have been terrible outside of now. You got Darius Slay, so that should help. But I don't – I'm not going to say they're, they have a bunch of talent because I, I really don't believe they do. I think their head coach is good. They're solid. I think they're living off the 2017 championship and that amazing run that they had, which was incredible. But I think it was one of those years that they had a good run, and I think people are still thinking that's the same team, and they're not the same team. So – Yes, I'm leaving Philly out of it. So in the NFC, I have Niners, Green Bay, New Orleans, Dallas, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Minnesota. My Super Bowl pick is, no surprise, Kansas City in the AFC. I just think Patrick Mahomes is too damn good. And if you get some good defensive play with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, and everybody's been raving about CEH and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it's too much firepower. Andy Reid's so underappreciated. I can't praise him enough. Great coach, Hall of Famer. I think Kansas City goes back. And in the NFC, is it going to be a repeat? Same Super Bowl? Nah, I don't think so. 
Um, I think this is the year, man. I'm going to say it. And all you guys are going to hate me because of it. No, I'm just playing with you. I'm not picking the Cowboys. Uh, I, I think they have a chance to get to the title game. I don't know about the Super Bowl, but I'm taking the Saints. I think this is the year the Saints finally overcome all the bad luck. Stephon Diggs touchdown on the last play of the game. The pass interference against the Rams. I, I just – I think this is the year, man. I think this is the year Drew Brees finally gets over the hump. Sean Payton finally gets over the hump, and they go back to the Super Bowl. I like the addition of Emmanuel Sanders. I like their defense. I am going to say Kansas City versus New Orleans. Um, unfortunately, New Orleans is not going to win it because Patrick Mahomes will. And it win MVP again. Um, yes, I'm a Patrick Mahomes stan. I love Patrick Mahomes, as does everybody else. But I have Kansas City winning the Super Bowl this year. There it is, folks. 2020-2021 Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs. All right, there you have it. Um, I'm excited, man. Week one. I can't stress to you enough how nice it is to have football back. I appreciate all of you for listening. Uh, feel free to hit up my Twitter, hit up my Instagram. At Twitter, it's S2 pod, at S2 Podcast. Instagram is sideline to sideline underscore podcast. Talk shit. Tell me I'm wrong. But if you're going to tell me I'm wrong, bring some facts to back it up. Tell me why. Don't just give me your opinion. Um, other than that, I appreciate all you guys' love. We'll see you week two. Our fantasy show drops every Wednesday. It'll be all things fantasy for the week. And then our normal, our normal show, just talking football uh, like this one will be on Fridays. So after the Thursday night game, so we won't really talk much about the Thursday night game. I'll recap them uh, once we come back, but every Friday. So every Wednesday and Friday from now on sideline to sideline podcast. I am your host, Aaron Mukes. Thank you for listening. Peace out.